Assalamu alaikum. Please come closer, brothers. Please come closer. Be mindful of those two reading salah. And please come closer. Last week, the Sheikh from Makkah Mukarrama was here, Dr. Sayyid Ahmad Inayatullah. So he stressed a lot on sitting with adab and respect for these kind of programs. The more adab and respect we sit with, we come closer, then inshallah we'll find that there'll be more benefit inshallah. He said we can be sitting in different places, different areas, the voice or the sound will reach there. But Sahaba is to come sit and close, sit close to each other, and in that way they used to have they used to benefit, inshallah. Bismillah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد صدق الله رسوله الرؤيا بالحق لتدخلن المسجد الحرام إن شاء الله آمنين محلقين رؤوسكم محلقين رؤوسكم ومقصرين لا تخافون فعلم ما لم تعلموا فجعل من دون ذلك فتحا قريبا هو الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا محمد رسول الله والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم تراهم ركعا سجدا تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون فضلا من الله ورضوانا سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مثلهم في التوراة ومثلهم في الإنجيل كزرع أخرج شطأه فآزره فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يعجب الزراع يعجب الزراع ليغيظ بهم الكفار وعد الله الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات منهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما صدق الله العظيم
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام وكفى به نعمة الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا وقائدنا إمام الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته أجمعين أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم محمد رسول الله والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم تراهم ركعا سجدا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن ابني هذا سيد إلى آخر الحديث أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله المولان العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected ulamai kiram, elders and beloved brothers all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala peace and salutation, durood and salawat in abundance upon our beloved master Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam First and foremost, I would like to supplicate unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives me ikhlas in these few words. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make these few words beneficial for each one of us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq and the ability to make amal with ikhlas and sincerity. I would like to thank the Al-Faruq Institute for reviving these programs and conducting these programs wherein we hear about the beloved companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and their lifestyle and how they lived in this world. And I also would like to thank our beloved Imam Saab and the trustees of this masjid for affording us this opportunity and for one and all for taking out our precious time and coming to listen about the lives of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And this action of ours taking out time it is appreciated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amongst the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah is ashakur and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates these actions that we do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it a means of our salvation in this dunya, in the qabr and in the akhirat that we have gathered on the nisbat of the love of sahaba radiyallahu anhum ajma'een we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the verses that our respected Hafiz read, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the Sahaba radiallahu anhum yabtaguna fadlam min Allahi wa ridwana seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we have to analyze or we have to ask a person to summarize our stay in this world, then every person is trying to attain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions وَرِضْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ And the greatest ni'mat and favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to be granted the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will address the believers and mention to them that should I not bless you with something more, something greater, they will say, Allah, you have brightened our faces, you have blessed us with Jannah, you have given us all these ni'mats, you have saved us from the adab. What more is there, O oh Allah? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that today I will make permissible upon you and I will set upon you my pleasure and my happiness forever and ever. So every person, even the believers, they try to attain this pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say regarding Sahaba radiyallahu anhum? Radiyallahu anhum wa an. Allah is already pleased with them. The general Muslim public, we try to attain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted the certificate of his pleasure for the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum. And this is amongst the great virtues and the fadilat of the galaxy of Sahaba radiyallahu anhum. This year, as you can see in our topic, our topic of discussion will be the beloved grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Hassan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhuma, the beloved and the eldest grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. <coughs> if we just look at his nasab and his lineage, himself and his brother Sayyidina Hussein radiyallahu anhu, we can understand that there was no one like them in this world who were their parents, their parents were Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha, the beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we look at their grandfather maternal side, it was none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And by us discussing and speaking about the pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then whether it is the anbiya, whether it is the pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, definitely it has an effect on one's heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Qur'an, وَكُلَّنَّ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الرُّسُلْ مَا نُثَبِّتُ بِهِ فُؤَادَدْ That, you know, we mention in the Qur'an the different stories of the different anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. It is to strengthen your heart. And obviously more than for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is for us, the ummah, when we will listen to the stories of the anbiya, then this will strengthen our heart. And also the pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the great muhaddis Sufyan ibn Uyayna rahmatullahi is reported to have said, in the dhikr salihin tanzilu rahma When the mention of the pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when this takes place, then the special mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends. And here we are discussing the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we can see his lineage going back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his uncles and his aunts from his father's side. This Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Ja'far radiallahu anhu from his mother's side. It is the sisters of Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha, the beloved daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him in this regard. And we need to read our history. We need to learn about the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. We need to learn about the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Ahlul Bayt, who were the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was the Azwaj al-Mutahharat, the beloved spouses and the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our mothers and the children of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and his family, the generation that came down from Sayyidina Abbas radiallahu anhu, and the family of Ja'far, the family of Aqil, the family of Ali radiallahu anhu, these were the family members of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and in many ahadiths Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exhorted us to uh, revere and to respect and to show respect to the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as Fatima radiallahu anha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that her nikah was made to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. This mentions in a, mentioned in a riwayat that prior to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu marrying Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu and perhaps other sahaba radiallahu anhu, they requested the hand of Fatima radiallahu anha in marriage. 
But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned in one hadith that I do not get married to my spouses, neither do I choose son-in-laws for my daughters, except that it is with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed and wished that this union take place between Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha and Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. So they get married and in the third year after Hijrah, in the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses this union with a son. And a son is born in the house of Fatima radiallahu anha. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, elated and overjoyed, he comes to the house to see his grandson. And then he says to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, that what name have you given my grandson? What name have you given your son? And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu says, I gave him the name Harbun. And Harbun literally means war. And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was a warrior. And the Arabs used to like to name their children uh, with these names indicating bravery. So sometimes it will be a lion, or sometimes it will be a sword, or sometimes it will be war. So Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu gave him the name Harb. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, no, his name is Hassan. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the Nabi of this Ummah, being the senior, he said his name is Hassan. And we see that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he is born, proceeds to call the Azan in the ears of his grandson. Can we imagine that scenario where the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is holding his grandson or he has his grandson, this newborn, beautiful, handsome child in his hand and he is calling out the azan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, giving the azan in one ear, the iqamat in the other ear and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then makes his tahniq. When a child is born, then something sweet, some kajur is placed in the palate, upper palate of the child and People, uh, they call some pious person or some pious uh, buzruk, he will make the tahniq or he will give the azan. And here we have the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa resounding in the ears of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, entering the heart. And the wisdom behind this is very simple, my dear respected elders and brothers, that a child has just come into this world. And the hikmat and the wisdom behind this is that the first thing that must go into the ears of this child and into the heart of this child is the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the greatness and the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the tahniq was done. And on the seventh day, the aqiqah was done for Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. And Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha, she shaved the head of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. So these rituals were done by none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu is growing up, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam being very, very fond of them and very regular, regularly he used to come to the house and say, where is my son? Where is my grandchild? And we know one year later, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the couple with a second son and Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu, he was born. However, our focus being Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu will discuss some aspects of his life. So while growing up as well, he used to come into the masjid and the house and the masjid was very close and very regularly he used to come into the masjid and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to display that love and muhabbat to him. Once a Bedouin came from out of town and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam picked up Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu and he was kissing him and showing him some love and affection. And the Bedouin says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that, you know, I have ten children and ma qabbaltu ahadam minhum. I have not kissed one of them even. 
So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said something to this effect, that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes out the love and mercy from the heart of a person, then that person's heart is going to be hardened, or that person who doesn't show mercy, then how can he expect the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So very, very important aspect, that the seven years that Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu lived in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these were the early years wherein Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed him that extra love and his tarbiyat and his upbringing and nurturing took place at the hands of his beloved grandfather Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A few incidents in this regard. We see one Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he picks up a kajur and he puts it in his mouth. A child is hungry, finds something at home and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam takes it out of his mouth and the person, an onlooker, he says that, you know, it's only a kajur. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, perhaps it is from sadaqa. It is from sadaqa. And we, the Ahlul Bayt, we, the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we don't partake of sadaqa. Yes, there are other incidents in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where the ownership changed. And then we see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam partook of it. For example... Barira radiallahu anha, the freed slave of Aisha radiallahu anha. One day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes home. We can see his interaction with his wives. He comes home and there is some meat that he's cooking on the stove. And then he sits down to eat and some kajur and something else is presented to him. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that, you know, I saw some meat was cooking. And now you bring this kajur and you bring this, where's the meat? So Aisha radiallahu anha says that some sadaqa was given to Barira radiallahu anha. So it was sadaqa for her. Then she gifted it to Aisha radiallahu anha and she sent it to the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The ownership changed and the method changed. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says for Barira it was sadaqa. For us it is hadiyah. She sent it. Bring it and we will partake and we will consume. This was the jovial character and the mannerisms of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So then a hadith that this young boy, Hassan radiallahu anhu, amongst the few ahadith that he memorized from his grandfather, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was a famous hadith, Da'ma yuribuka ila mala yuribuk, leave all those things that causes you any doubt. And this is a very, very important principle in Shariat. If something is doubtful, then it is better to be on the safe side. Rather inquire instead of just partaking of that, whether it is something edible or whether it is a business deal or whether it is a person is in traveling in different parts of the world and something comes up, then he should first take advice and anything is doubtful, then he should try and abstain from it. So this was a hadith, a very, very important principle of deen that was conveyed to the ummah by a young boy, the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sitting on the mimbar, he is delivering a bayan, a khutbah, and he can see his grandsons are coming towards him, and they are wearing smart clothes, and they are walking young, cute children, and they are falling and tripping and waking up, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stops the lecture, and he goes and he picks them up, and he hugs them, and he kisses them, and he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken the truth. Innama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna. That your wealth and your children, they are a test for you. Your wealth and your children, they are a test for you. These grandkids of mine, they were coming. These grandchildren were coming. And I couldn't hold myself back. And I went and I picked them up. 
when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sometimes used to be reading salah and his grandson Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussein, they used to sometimes crawl on his shoulder, on his back. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being very courteous, he used to remain in sajda. He used to remain in sajda for that duration, for a long duration, until the youngster used to move, the child used to move, and then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to wake up. How long sajda he spent? That one sahabi said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I thought maybe you passed away. I thought something happened, you were not moving, you were stuck in that sajda. But this is the, the, the tarbiyat and the love that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed to Sayyidina Hassan radiyallahu anhu from that young age. One day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam picks up the son Sayyidina Hassan radiyallahu anhu and he says, Oh Allah, I love this boy. Allah, you also love him and love those who love him. Love those who love him. That is why we should express our love that, oh Allah, verily we also love Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. Allah, you be a witness that we love him, then we will gain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned this. And we see Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they were very fond, especially Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, which is mentioned in the riwayat. One day he's walking in town outside the masjid, and he sees Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. So he tells him to pick up his garment, his kurta, and he kisses him by his navel, by his stomach. And he mentions that I seen Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa kissing Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu here. So I want to follow this practice as well. And the famous incident of Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu, he after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa striving in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the area of Sham. We know today that the ummah is going through great difficulty especially currently in the Sham area and in India as well. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He alleviates their suffering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give these zalimeen hidayat. And if hidayat is not muqaddar for them, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy them like how he destroyed Ad and Thamud. So Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu is making jihad. He is guarding the boundaries of Islam. And he sees in a dream Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he tells him that, O oh Bilal, Long time, you never come and visit me. The next morning, immediately, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu, he sets out for Medina Munawwara. He comes to Medina Munawwara, and the people request him to give azan. He tries to excuse himself, make some excuse. But when Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu come to him, the beloved grandsons of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they tell him that, oh Bilal, please call out the azan for us. And Bilal radiallahu anhu calls out the azan, and the people reminiscing the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they start crying and the ladies come out of their homes to the doors listening to the azan of Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu. So Hassan radiallahu anhu, his seven years that he lived, he got that close tarbiyat and upbringing and love and nurturing at the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Coming to his physical descriptions, it is mentioned by many sahaba radiallahu anhum that the closest person you'll see whose face resembled the Mubarak face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with that exceptional beauty that the Sahaba said that if you saw Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, then it is the closest replica to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, Sayyidina Ja'far radiallahu anhu, the uncle 
of Hassan radiallahu anhu and the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He also resembled Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when he came back from Habasha, then after a short while it was a battle of Muta and he was made shaheed, he passed away. So many people didn't really see the features of Ja'far radiallahu anhu, who was the uncle of Hassan radiallahu anhu. But Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu resembled and had the features of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we come to the area or the era of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then it is mentioned in the riwayat of Bukhari a few nights after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the Khalifa of the Muslims, he comes out of the masjid and together with him is Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and they find the children playing outside and who else is playing there? Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. So at the age of seven or eight, when Nabi sallallahu passed away, and now it is the Khilafat, the beginning stages of the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So he's still seven, eight years old. And then we see the beautiful interaction between the first Khalifa, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And this was a special feature that the Khulafai Rashidin, they loved the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Contrary to what some people believe in today's time, unfortunately, that the Khilafat was snatched away from Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, and it went into the wrong hands, na'udhu billah. And this is also an indictment on the bravery of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. That's a topic for another day, the bravery of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, when he fought some of the bravest warriors. And if you say that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, allowed Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to take something which was due to him, then what happened to his bravery? What happened to his bravery? But it was not like that. It was that everyone understood and recognized after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَيَأْبَ اللَّهُ الْمُسْلِمُونَ إِلَّا أَبَا بَكْرٍ Allah and the believers will only accept Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the rightful heir and the rightful Khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he picks up the young boy Hassan radiallahu anhu, and he's showing him some love and muhabbat, and then he jokes with Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, and he says that, you know, this young boy, Shabihun bin Nabi, وَلَيْسَ شَبِيهٌ بِعَلِي That this young boy, he resembles his nana, he fell on his mother's side, he doesn't look like you, O Ali. O Ali, he doesn't look like you, he resembles his nana's side, he fell on his mother, and he is an image of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَضَحِكَ عَلِيٌّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Sayyidina Ali رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ smiles, and he knows that this is a fact. The child sometimes falls on the mother, sometimes on the father, sometimes more qualities of the father, sometimes more qualities of the father. But this was the love and the interaction that the Khulafai Rashidin and the Ahlul Bayt, the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passes away. About six to seven months later, the beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fatima al-Zahra, Sayyidatun Isai Ahlul Jannah, the leader of the woman of Jannah, she passes away. So this young boy, he loses his grandfather, and then after a short while, he loses his mother. He's not yet eight years old, and he's going through these difficult moments. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he looks after his servants, and we know that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also grew up as an orphan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the different ni'mas and favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he loses his mother, and still in the khilafat of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he's very young. 
Then we move on to the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu and it was the time between 8 and 18, 19 years old. That was the age of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. In this time we see that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu used to respect them and he used to honor them just like how the other Sahaba radiallahu anhu used to honor them. And once some wealth came in, so Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he gives Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu extra and more than his own son Abu uh, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu. So Abdullah ibn Umar comes to complain to Rasul to, to his father Umar radiallahu anhu, that how come you gave Hassan and Hussein more when I am more elder than them? When Rasulullah sallallahu passed away, they were seven years old, six years old. I took part in some of the battles with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Look at the answer that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu gives. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu tells his son, Listen, do you know who their father was? Do you know who their mother was? Their father was better than your father. Referring to himself, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, his humility and humbleness. And their mother was better than your mother. And their grandfather was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And a similar incident happened with Abdullah ibn Umar as well. And Sayyidina Umar gave Usama ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu. And there also Umar radiallahu anhu tells his son Abdullah that Usama was more beloved to you than Rasulullah, to beloved to Rasulullah sallallahu than you was to the messenger of Allah. And his father Zayd was more beloved than your father referring to himself Umar. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu used to give them this amount and it was an amount, according to some narrations, uh, in line with the amount that he used to give to the Badri Sahaba, those Sahaba, senior Sahaba, that took part in the Battle of Badr. Moving on to the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, it was a time where these young Sahaba radiallahu anhum, towards the ending of the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, the beginning years of the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, where they went striving in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all those youngsters, from the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, leaving the comforts of Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawwara, and they are moving in the different parts of the world, that they have even come to North Africa. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum came to North Africa, striving in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then towards the ending of the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, that's where some difficult moments came in this ummah, and it was the time when the rebels had come into Medina Munawwara, they had taken up some influential positions and they had decided to cause some mischief and mayhem. And obviously this was the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, he sends his own sons, Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussein, and these young sahaba, they go and they are dispatched to the house of Uthman radiallahu anhu and they volunteer themselves to protect the Khalifa and the Amir al-Mu'mineen. And it is mentioned in some riwayats that Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was injured as well. And then Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu does not give them permission. He says that, you know, I will not, I do not want to be the first person to let bloodshed be spread in this ummah. Rather, I will make sabr and I will not give up this khilafat because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa instructed me to hold on firm to this khilafat. Some few actions from the life of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. He was obviously the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we can understand the level of his generosity and spending in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I've heard an incident from our Ustaz, Mu'a Suleiman Choksi Sahib, Damud Barakatum. He explains the incident where Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussein and their cousin Abdullah ibn Ja'far radiallahu anhu go out for hajj. And it is mentioned that Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu performed 15 and some narrations 25 hajj. And most of this was done on foot, 
or sometimes if they had some basic camels or horses which they were using. So three of them, they are from the family of Rasulullah two grandsons, and two of them, he, their nephew, Nabi Wasallam said, Ali radiallahu's nephew, Abdullah ibn Jafar. So on their journey, then their provisions get exhausted. Their provisions get exhausted, and it's not like in today's time we can go to the ATM and withdraw some money or get to do an EFT. In those days, obviously difficult. So they come upon a house, and they mention to that lady, the summary of the story that, you know, we are from the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We are in a tight situation now. Can you help us? And this lady and her husband who was absent at that time, old lady, they had one small goat at home. And this humble goat, it was the only simple provision. And she hears that, you know, this is the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So she sacrifices that goat and she feeds them. And they thank her and tell her that, you know, Allah, if you come anytime to Medina Munawwara, please come see us. The husband comes back home. He is sad. He is disappointed with the wife. That you know, anyone can say we from the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Did you verify it? Now we are in big trouble. We got nothing to do. We have no wealth. And after some time, they go through some difficulty and they arrive in Medina Munawwara. So Sayyidina Hassan radiyallahu anhu, he sees this lady. And he tells this lady that, you know, are you not that same lady who stayed on the outskirts and one day you helped us? She couldn't really remember, but he recognized her. So he takes her home and he makes some ikram for her. And then he gives her a thousand sheep or a thousand goats and a thousand dirhams. And then he tells her that go to my brother Hussein. <coughs> and she comes to Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu. And he also gives her a thousand goats and a thousand dirhams. And thereafter, they send her to their cousin, Abdullah ibn Ja'far radiallahu anhu. And he tells her that what my cousins gave you, oh, one thousand, one thousand, okay, I'll give you two thousand and two thousand. And had you come to me first, I would have given you so much, my cousins would have become helpless, they wouldn't be able to match me. Abdullah bin Ja'far, the son of Ja'far, Abu al-Masakin. So in this family, the generosity was flowing. And this lady comes to her husband and says, you remember that day we helped this family member of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. See how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us. This was the generosity of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, as well as the other family members of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is mentioned that Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he had married a lot of women, and most of the time he had in his nikah four wives, and sometimes they used to separate and according to some narration, 60, 70 wives he had over the duration of his life. And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu joking one day, he says that, you know, you must be careful before you marry Hassan, because if there is some issue, if he has to separate from you, then it mustn't lead to problems between the tribes, etc. But people were eager to give their daughters to Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. These were the surviving uh, generation and family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if their daughter could be in the company or in the uh, nikah of a family member of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then what great fazilat and virtue for them. We see amongst his many children as well, he had named many of his children after the Khulafa, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and Umar. And this also is a great indication that those who say that the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were deprived and the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, their haq was usurped and taken away. And then you name your children after the very same oppressors, it doesn't make sense. You name your children after the very same people who had taken away your rights and the rights of your father and mother, it doesn't make sense. 
the only thing that we can say that makes sense is that these people were beloved uh, to Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu, etc. That is why they had named their children after the Khulafai Rashidin. So that was some details with regards to the life of Rasulullah, of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, his marriage life, married life, and some of his beautiful qualities. One Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu is passing by, and some poor people are sitting there. So they say that, you know, oh Abu Muhammad, join us for meals. So he goes by these poor people, and he partakes of the meal with them. And they are like surprised that, you know, we didn't think that you would come and join us. He partakes of whatever humble meal they have, and then he invites all of them home. And he repays them that favor. If somebody does good to us, the teachings of the shariat is فَكَافِهُهُمْ Then you also repay them with something good. And look at the beauty of deen. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, if you don't have anything physical to give them, anything financial to give them, then at least say, Jazakallahu khairan. At least say, may Allah reward you in a better manner. And if you have done this, then you have fulfilled the rights of that person who has done good to you because of your circumstance. Another person comes from out of town and he comes to Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu and he abuses him and he speaks bad about him and he talks ill about him. After he is finished, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu says that, oh my brother, you're from out of town. Uh, where are you going to stay tonight? What are you going to do tonight? So he says, no, I have no idea. So Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu says, no problem, you eat with me and I'll look after you. And you stay with me for some time. And then that person, he leaves. He says, I came and I abused this grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He repaid me with good akhlaq and good character. And based on the teachings of Quran, idfa' billati hiya ahsan, repel with that which is better. فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ Allah says, that person who had some hatred for you, uh, he's showing you hatred, you're showing him good character and you're showing him good akhlaq. And one day, tomorrow, if not today, tomorrow, the next day, he will say that, you know, I'm being bad to this person, he's being good to me. And the Quran says, inshallah, more often or more likely, this person will then become your close and bosom friend. In the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, then came the Khilafat of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And it was a time where there was turmoil in the ummah, there was difficulty in the ummah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decreed this to happen. There was a ikhtilaf between Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. And this was decreed from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some sahaba radiallahu anhum, or in fact the majority of the sahaba, they sided with Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And a lot of sahaba, they were on the side of Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. And the summary of this is very simple, that when Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu was murdered by the rebels, he was made a shaheed. So his family said, Oh Ali, hand over us the killers and we will take qisas on behalf of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu. And from the side of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, he said that first take bait at my hands, let me strengthen my khilafat, and then I will sort out all these difficulties. So it was something which was decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and some ulama give the examples, just like how a child is at home, and perhaps the father and mother are having some arguments, then it doesn't, it is not the right of the child to now get involved in that elders or that discussion that is taking place between the parents. Similarly, we are the ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected us from being involved in all those aspects. So let us not 
uh, uh, make use our tongue and use our words and get involved in something which might lead to the disrespect of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and we will say something against the Sahaba radiallahu anhum whilst Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with them Sahaba, Allah mentions to them Allah mentioned to Rasulullah sallallahu that whatever mistakes happen here and there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you the hadith I recited in the beginning and this is a very very important aspect with regards to the life of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. As a young boy, as a young child, one day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam indicates to Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu and he says, Innabni hadha Sayyid. The son of mine, this child of mine, this grandchild of mine, he is a leader. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him a leader. And la'allallaha, perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use this child to reconcile between two great armies of the Muslimin. So this was the prophecy that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had prophesied in the young, in the early days of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. When Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was made shaheed. <coughs> so Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he was given, he was made shaheed, he was performing the Fajr Salah and he was attacked. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu was reading Quran at home, he was fasting, he was made a shaheed. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was made a shaheed. Then Sayyidina Hassan bin Ali radiallahu anhu, he took over the reins of the Khilafat of the Muslimin. That is why he is known as Khamisul Khalifa or the fifth of the Khulafai Rashidin. Now in one hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that Khilafat after my demise will continue for 30 years. So it doesn't mean after 30 years now there is no Khilafat, but the Khilafat ala minhaj al-Nubuwa will continue for 30 years. And when Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu passed away, there was a few months left before the 30 years completed. And Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was in charge of the Ummah for those 5 or 6 months or 7 months. And then 30 years were complete. And then Sayyidina Ali radiallahu, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he decides to abdicate and he decides to give up the Khilafat. He decides to give up the Khilafat for the greatest sake of the Ummah and to protect the Ummah from bloodshed, not because Ibn Hajar rahmatullah alayhi, the great commentator mentions, la li qillatin wa la li zullin wa la li illatin, not because of any reason or because he had less numbers in his army, he had a huge army as well, or not because he was scared, but only to make hifazat and protection of the blood of the Muslimin. And this is the prophecy which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had prophesied, in Nabni hadha Sayyid, the son of mine is a leader, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use him to reconcile between two big armies of the Muslimin. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were very happy with this hadith because some of the khawarij and those who had come out of the fold of Islam, now they started infiltrating both the armies and started saying, playing, putting a blame game. And they said that he is right and he is wrong. And then the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they narrated this hadith and this hadith was made am amongst all the combatants, all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Allah is going to use the son of mine to reconcile between the two armies. And obviously one was the army of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, his father, who he was the leader of. And one was the army of Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. So for the betterment of the ummah, he was ready to leave that leadership and step down. 
obviously there were certain conditions that were agreed between himself and Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. And Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu used to respect him and used to honor him. And we see that yearly Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu used to give him a hundred thousand dirhams or dinars, a hundred thousand. And in one year Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu gave him four hundred thousand dirhams and he used to give him these different gifts. And Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu ruled according to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was happy with this. He was happy that the conditions were being abided to. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum in general, they were happy. Of course, there was that one group of Sahaba, like Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu, Muhammad ibn Maslama, and few other Sahaba radiallahu anhum, that they remained aloof from both the groups. And they didn't side with any of the groups. So the different, different Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they made amal on these different, different things according to their understanding. So Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu once, he mentions an incident where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Sayyidina Hassan was very young, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam picks him up and kisses his tongue and kisses his lips. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish a person whom the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kissed his mouth and kissed his lips. And Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, he then rules, and Sayyidina, Ali, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, so to say, he takes a back seat. So this was the great akhlaq and the quality of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, that he didn't say that I will continue to rule and I will continue to be in charge, but rather based on the prophecy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he was ready to step down. And we see that he continued living for a few years later. And according to some historians at the age of 47, 48, he passed away. With regards to the demise of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, it is mentioned that he was poisoned. It is mentioned that he was poisoned. And we see just as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was poisoned, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was also poisoned. And one of the reasons and one of the wisdoms behind this is that when they will pass away in this scenario, then it will also be a form of shahadat. It will also be a form of martyrdom. So one is that active martyrdom that a person is in the battlefield or a person is defending his life or his family's life or his property or the respect of his own self, the respect of Islam, and he is killed, he is martyred. Such a person will be a shaheed. And there are different categories of shaheed as well, that a person who drowns will be a shaheed, a person who dies in a fire will be a shaheed, a person the wall fell on him, he's a shaheed, a person who was in a ta'un or in a virus or in a sickness or in a plague, such a person will also be a shaheed. So Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he was poisoned a few times before that and people tried to infiltrate and cause these difficulties so that they, it can be a means of fitna and it can be a means of causing problems and dissension in the ummah. So Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu is poisoned and his brother Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu comes to him and he says that, you know, oh my brother, tell me who poisoned you? Tell me who poisoned you? And Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, yeah, even at this moment, he shows such beautiful akhlaq and character. He says to his brother that if I tell you who poisoned me, you'll go kill that person. If I tell you who poisoned me, you'll kill that person. Rather, I will make sabr and I will meet that person tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah. I will meet that person tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah. And there is a hisab that is going to take place tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah. 
and there we will sit and we will discuss and we will get justice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he passed away as a shaheed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with the shahadat. And then we see after Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, then after the Khilafat of Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu the Imarat of Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, then his son Yazid took over, and then the different, different difficulties took place until the time when Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu was made a shaheed, and obviously this is a topic on its own. Coming back to summarize, we see that this grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with many beautiful qualities, internal and external qualities from his grandfather, Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with his generosity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with his sacrifice for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, to, to put the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of him. And we see that this was the qualities or these were the qualities of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. In fact, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu prior to him passing away, <coughs> he has a dream one day. And in that dream it is mentioned that it is inscribed on his forehead, Qul Allahu ahad, few verses of Surah Ikhlas or the entire surah. And then this is mentioned to the great Tabi'i, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib rahmatullah alayhi. And he looks at this and he says that I think that the time of Hassan radiallahu anhu is very close. The time of Hassan radiallahu anhu is very close. It is a time when he will join up with the rest of his family, when he will join up Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as a whole, we see the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the Ahlul Bayt. There was a lot of muhabbat, there was a lot of love, there was a lot of mutual respect between them. And this was found in the lives of these companions and especially in the lives of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. We see some people, the Shias, they take the 12 Imams. And these 12 Imams, they start from Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu and Sayyidina Hussein, Sayyidina uh, 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 Zain al-Abidin and the different Imams who they consider the 12 Imams. Now we have a major fundamental difference between us and them with regards to our aqidah and with regards to our beliefs. Now with regards to some of their beliefs, they feel that these 12 imams, they have a higher rank than the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. Now sometimes you might have this question that, you know, I have a certain friend, he says he's a Shia, and when I asked him regarding this, he said, no man, it's one belief that is uh, not the preferred view according to us. Now we need to remember and understand that if we want to understand or see any group or any uh, denomination, religious denomination, we need to see what their scholars are saying and what is found in their main books. And if you see in their main books, there are certain beliefs, one is with regards to imama, they consider these sahaba and these tabi'een who are from the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam who we, the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat, respect. They are the, definitely the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But we also realize and we also give the rest of Sahaba radiallahu anhum their virtue. And amongst them, right at the top, obviously, is Shaykhain, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. However, some of these people, they negate the fadilat and they have this belief that besides a few Sahaba radiallahu anhum, na'udhu billah, the rest of the Sahaba became murtad. The rest of Sahaba became murtad. 
wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made the yardstick for my iman and your iman, the iman of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Allah mentions emphatically in Quran, فَإِنْ آمَنُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا آمَنْتُمْ بِهِ فَقَدِهْتَدَوْ If people will believe like how y'all have believed, O Sahaba radiallahu anhum, then they will be rightly guided. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made the yardstick of deen, the lives of sahaba radiallahu anhum, including the ahlul bayt, the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So a person will say that no, this is one view in our religion, but it is not the preferred view. However, we need to see what is uh, mentioned by their leaders and by their religious scholars. And also there is a very, very one important aspect with regards to this as well. It is the aspect of taqiyya. And this is a known common factor, it's called a religious lie. And according to some of the scholars of the Shia, this taqiyya is nine-tenths of the whole deen. Nine-tenths of the whole deen, a holy lie, that if somebody has to ask us anything, then we will just say it is incorrect. We will just say it is incorrect. So that was the second aspect. One was the aspect of imama, one was the aspect of taqiyya, and one last aspect it is with regards to Tahrif al-Qur'an. And Tahrif al-Qur'an means, according to their scholars, the Qur'an that is in its present form is not the original Qur'an. There are many paras that are missing. There are many paras that are miss- missing. And Allah himself declares in Qur'an, إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ We have revealed the Qur'an and we are its protectors. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects the Qur'an via the Hufaz, and we see in many different parts of the world, when Islam was under attack, then Qur'ans were burnt in their thousands, and the people told those British people that were burning the Qur'an, you can burn how many you want, the Qur'an is protected in the hearts of the Hufaz, and young, young children, four, five, six, eight, ten years were called, and they were made to recite Qur'an. So our belief is that the Qur'an is complete, and their belief is that the Qur'an is incomplete, but rather many thousands of verses will come out with the Imam, the 12th Imam, when he comes out from the cave prior to Qiyamah. So these are major fundamental differences between us and the Shia. That is why it becomes difficult where a person will say, come let us unite for the sake of Islam, or let us unite for the sake of deen. These are important aspects of Aqidah, which becomes very difficult. And then you have the aspect of swearing the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, which according to us obviously is non-negotiable. I will conclude with one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, لا تسبوا أصحابي Do not speak bad about my Sahaba. In fact, amongst the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Sometimes there used to be a difference of opinion between a junior sahabi and a senior sahabi. For example, Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu and Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Or sometimes it might be Umar radiallahu anhu and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So one is you have both sahaba, those who came in Islam in the later stages and those who were with Rasulullah sallallahu from the beginning. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam will say, leave my Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Do not argue with my Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So when another sahabi, if there was a slight inclination, or outwardly it might seem there was some disrespect to a senior sahaba radiallahu anhum, or senior sahaba, then they were cautioned. And how can we then abuse and swear the sahaba radiallahu anhum? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand the maqam and the level of sahaba radiallahu anhum. Today yourself and myself, we are believers, we are Muslims, 
It is through whose effort? It is through the effort of Sahaba radiallahu anhum at the occasion of Hajjatul Wida. Approximately 124,000 Sahaba radiallahu anhum are sitting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They are there in the plains of Arafat. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells them, فَلْيُبَلِّغْ الشَّاهِدْ مِنْكُمْ الْغَائِبْ O my Sahaba, those of you who are present here, take the message to those who are not here. And Sahaba radiallahu anhum went in different parts of the world. Their wives became widows and their children became orphans. And the graves of Sahaba radiallahu anhum in North Africa and in Europe and in different parts of the world bear testimony to the sacrifice of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. This deen was watered with the blood of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. We became Muslim through the efforts of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And then today we turn around and reject these favors of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. It is not fair, my dear respected elders and brothers. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the love of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the love of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu and the rest of the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the love of the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just as Sahaba radiallahu anhum took solace from this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when they used to say, O Messenger of Allah, tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah in Jannah, you will have such a high rank. What will happen to us? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the Sahaba, Anta ma'aman ahbabta, you are with those whom you love. Allah, we make you a witness that we love the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, we respect the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tomorrow unite us with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum in the gardens of Jannah, ikhwanan ala sururim mutaqabilin, enjoying the ni'mats of Jannah and drinking at the house of the at the hands of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ما أبقيتنا يا رب العالمين اللهم اقسم لنا من خشتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا اللهم متعنا بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا أبدا ما أبقيتنا واجعله الوارث منا واجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا يخافك فينا ولا يرحمنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما اعطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك إنه لا يذل مواليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وألف بين قلوبهم وأصلح ذاتي بأيدهم وانصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم اللهم العن الكفرة الذين يسدون عن سبيلك ويكذبون رسلك ويقاتلون أولياك اللهم خالف بين كلمتهم وزلزل الأرض من تحت أقدامهم وشتت شملهم ومزل 
وَرَزِقْ جَمْعَهُمْ وَدَمِّرْ دِيَارَهُمْ وَيَتِّمْ أَطْفَالَهُمْ وَأَنْزِلْ بِهِمْ بَأْسَكَ الَّذِي لَا تَرُدُّهُ عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك من نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك من نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم أحنا سعداء وأمتنا شهداء اللهم جعلنا مفاتيحا للخير ومغالقا للشر ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وأرنا مناسكنا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين